Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Sky Guasco. This is the TCK Pod, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. But also, we are now finally officially teaming up with the Chris Landry Football Network, LandryFootball.com. My man Lucas Kaser also in the place as the co-host. We will be bringing you fantasy football on this Twitch channel Monday through Thursday, every single day, four days a week from 5 to 6 Central Time. We're going to be bringing you fantasy football coverage every single week through the season as well. We will make sure that we have that calendar ready to go by the season. We'll keep you updated, of course. We're extremely, extremely thrilled and honored to be a part of this network and a part of this broadcasting system. I want to give a shout out to our brother, Jonathan Rifkin, who is also on the network as well for the hook and all of the Chris Landry football teammates and family members here. We are super excited to be a part of it. So again, we are the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. For the TCK Potters listening in on our networks, you know how we do this. This is episode 236 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast that we started up in 2018. But this is episode one. This is the first episode of the Candlestick Kids on LandryFootball.com. So I want to make sure that we give due justice here and make sure that we give out a couple Proper shout outs before we get in here. Got to make sure that we make the right announcements here. So let's get right into this. I want to give a huge thank you for all of the listeners and the viewers here on Twitch, on YouTube, through the podcast network for tuning in to us and for joining us. Please help us spread the word. It would really make the world to us. You can also catch the TCK pod on the Chris Landry Twitch channel. So if you're listening to us live and you know that, jump into the chat bar. Lucas will be on top of that. We'll make sure to get you in here while we break down our episode today and moving forward. That's twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. And you can listen to the podcast on your mobile device by signing up for the Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, TCK Potters, you can also listen to us on the normal networks as well that you know and love too. You can also catch this show at LandryFootball.com where all this information is there for you. And again, the TCK Potters can find everything on our networks that you can find right here on the screen below. We have our website, TCKPod.com. You can also find us on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at TCK pod, and of course on Instagram at FantasyFootball underscore TCK pod. Yo, that's a lot of information coming at you. We are going to be, again, here four days a week. Very excited to be a part of this network. We have a lot of information coming at you. We are now officially in August. Today is August 3rd. It should be preseason football coming up here, Lucas, but uh, things are different this year. What's going on with you, my man? Introduce yourself to the Chris Landry Football Network and uh, say hello to the TCK Potters. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. I'm super excited to start this uh, new you could say rebirth of the TCK pod episode one, also episode 236. Kind of weird that uh, 235 episode gap, just kind of funny, I guess, in general. (laughs) But yep, uh, I'm Lucas. I'm the co-host. I'm a Broncos fan. As you can tell, if you're on the podcast, you probably know that by now. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, you'll learn more about us as we go along, obviously. And for the returning listeners, you already know uh, some stuff about us, but I'm super excited to get into the episode uh, today. Absolutely. And one more note about the Landry Football Network. 
So if you're looking for anything that has to do with football, quite literally anything on any level that has to do with football, this is the place to go. So not just fantasy sports. If you're into college football, you're into recruiting, you're into an individual um, conference or an individual team, we have podcasts and we have networks and channels for you there. If you're in the NFL side, you're into coaching, scouting, administrative perspectives, anything like that. Chris Landry, longtime scout, longtime coach. You can check out his bio on LandryFootball.com. But there's everything here from high school to college to the NFL. You can definitely check that out. Recruiting to the NFL draft, free agency, pregame stuff, postgame film analysis, anything you can actually dream of for football, either be fantasy or real football from high school to college to the NFL. It's available to you here on the Landry Football Network, LandryFootball.com. Make sure you check it out. All right, man, that is a mouthful, obviously, to get started Let's get into the program. Again, episode one, we're super honored to be here. The Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. TCK Pod. You can use the hashtag TCK Pod as well to keep track of everything we're doing online. And you can get our uh, draft guide. We have a draft guide as well for you fantasy players out there. We do have a draft guide at TCKpod.com. You can go check that out right now. Uh, We still have a couple weeks left of the preseason draft guide to help you with your drafts. We also have a second draft guide that is going to give you one-on-one, one-on-one partnership with Lucas, myself, some of our other TCK team members that you'll meet eventually as well mid-season. And then we have kind of a bonus package there for you as well. So go to tckpod.com if you'd like to get our draft guide. That's also going to be available on LandryFootball.com as well for you Twitchers out there. Super excited, man. Let's get into this. Today's episode 236 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on our network, episode one on the Landry Football Network. We are doing some buy-sell this week, Lucas. We are diving into quarterbacks today. Tomorrow, again, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're also live with you, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. We're going to be diving into running backs tomorrow. Wednesday is going to be our wide receivers, and Thursday is going to be tight ends. We're doing some buy or sell. Many people are familiar with the buy or sell uh, idea, Lucas, but before we dive into this, what exactly is buy buy or sell looking at, and and what are we trying to do here? Yeah, I think they're really the easy way to explain it is it's a – gauge of a player prop per se or something along those lines to kind of get a feel for maybe how we feel or just in general how uh, the fantasy landscape is for a player um random example it's quarterbacks today tom brady throws 40 touchdowns so we would talk about uh we're not that's not one of them but we talk about if we're buying uh so it would be 40 or more or selling less obviously there's different circumstances where maybe you go I'm going to buy with these factors, but I still lean on the sell side. And we'll kind of explain that because there is certain scenarios where you can see both sides. Um, So basically just think of it as betting on player props um, with more of a theoretical aspect to it in terms of the overall player outlook. Absolutely. Perfect. Well said. Let's dive into the first one here, man. We're going to dive into about eight topics today. We're going to go through a number of quarterbacks. Again, if you're in the chat room, please go ahead and dive into that. We would love to hear from you, and that would be excellent. The chat room is working for sure, and I will jump into everything else here, and we'll get started, man. Lucas, I'm going to let you kick off every one of these topics, and of course, I'm going to jump in over the top and either agree or disagree with you. We'll see if we're buying or selling these quarterbacks and the particular scenario that we're getting into. One more note on this. If we disagree on a buy or sell, that doesn't necessarily mean we like more or dislike the player itself. This is really specific on the actual topic that we're talking about. So we'll bring up Lamar Jackson here. 
if we buy or sell, this doesn't mean that we love or hate Lamar Jackson either way. It's the particular situation. So let's dive in, dude. Man, you're up. Buy or sell. Lamar Jackson repeats as quarterback one. Last year, he was quarterback one by a long shot. Of course, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback one in 2018, set the fantasy world on fire. Lamar Jackson comes right up behind him and runs his way to it in 2019. Is Lamar Jackson going to be able to do that again in 2020? Will Patrick Mahomes reclaim the title or someone else be in it? Buy or sell, Lucas. Lamar Jackson repeats as the QB1 overall. Listen, I mean, back in June, I was shocked that we both had Lamar at the QB1. And I don't want to say pretty easily, but it was without question, I think, is the way to say it. So my answer is by, um, and I think it's maybe kind of a strange answer, but I think now that I'm like evaluating more uh, projections and more people's viewpoints of it, I think people are starting to agree uh, with me. So obviously, for him to finish as a QB1, he would have to outscore Mahomes. Dak, Kyler, Deshaun, uh, Russell Wilson, those types caliber quarterbacks, um, which he did last year, obviously, and I think he's going to do again. He comes into this year with PFF, sixth easiest um, quarterback strength of schedule. There's many different strength of schedule uh, websites you can use or platforms, whatever. I think PFF, it's the only strength of schedule that takes into account player grades of each team. What that means is normally you would just go off of fantasy points allowed last year or win totals coming up this year. But the PFF one takes all of that and then encompasses the actual graded players on that team last year, going to be on it this year, and the people that came on the team for free agency trade and draft. So that being said, easy schedule, three broken tackles last year. This is the one that I know I told you and you were super shocked. <laughs> and I always come back. Silly. To it. I... I I, it makes there's two sides to it. Obviously, you could be like he he runs so fast that no one can catch him, and I think that's definitely uh, reasonable. But I think that's kind of a dumb way to put it. I just think the the coaching staff puts this team in such good positions, and they call such good plays that he doesn't need to do this. And by that, I mean that they ran the most RPO plays, run pass option plays by 65 more than the next team, which is the Rams, I believe. Basically what that means is they're giving Lamar the option to throw, which he was the best thrower passer in the league last year, and run, which he's easily the best rushing quarterback in the league last year. So he doesn't have to break tackles. That being said, if you go back to college, I can't find the actual data because no one charts that data for college football. But, I mean, if you remember his Heisman run, he was breaking tackles left and right. Obviously, college is a lot easier than the NFL, but still, we know he can do it. So why I say three three broken tackles is if teams learn how to stop Lamar Jackson, whatever the case may be, game plan for it more, he will be able to break those tackles to score more fantasy points. One more thing, the TD regression, kind of a big topic in fantasy for these quarterbacks. He had a 9% TD rate, meaning um, total – or sorry, touchdowns divided by total pass attempts. The trend is normally if it's over 7, it goes back down 2%, so roughly to 5 Obviously, different circumstances, quarterbacks, Breeze, Wilson always kind of repeat the 6.8 to 7.2 range. But that being said, if you would regress his TD percentage from 9 to the average of the top 40 fantasy quarterbacks last year, which was 4.5, he still finishes at the QB1 last year. Hmm. It's too easy for me to buy, um, and it's strictly – I'm not saying Mahomes is easily the two. I'm just saying that rushing floor topped with the elite passing ability we saw last year. it It has to be Lamar this year. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. And um, it is interesting when you bring this up because so many people, you know, we the only the only other player we've ever seen in fantasy football is 
Michael Vick, who's been even close, right, to the rushing ability, but also um, the passing ability. I mean, Michael Vick did not get enough respect for his arm, right? And of course, we're talking about Michael Vick on the field, of course, folks. But you think about what Michael Vick was able to do with his arm. He just never got the credit for the cannon that he actually had. And really, when Lamar is able to throw it, he also has a very good arm. So I am with you, man, 100%. You've pretty much said everything uh, that I was going to say as well, but I'll just add a couple more things. And this is my take is more the comparison to Lamar Jackson last year, 2019, and Patrick Mahomes in 2018. Because when you think about that Patrick Mahomes season two years ago, it was something we've frankly never seen before. We did have Peyton Manning, of course, many years ago. Tom Brady's put up a couple. Drew Brees has put up a couple. Mike Vick in the season that he went nuclear as well. But something Patrick Mahomes did was just absolutely unbelievable. Lamar Jackson came up and did it his own way with the rushing, right, breaking Mike Vick's rushing record there. So that helped, obviously, give that fantasy floor. But if you compare Lamar Jackson last year and Patrick Mahomes in 2018, Lamar Jackson still is significantly um, more advanced in fantasy metrics than Patrick Mahomes was just two years ago. Lamar Jackson had 33 more fantasy points in 2019 than Patrick Mahomes did in 2018. Lamar Jackson had 450 points, 28 points a game, to Patrick Mahomes 417 and 26 points a game. So two more points per game average, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you obviously – Expand that over an entire season. That's quite a bit. The Ravens added speed in the draft all over the place. Running back J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State, two wide receivers, Devin Duvernay from Texas and James Prochet from SMU. They also get back this year a handful of other weapons as well. So there's going to be just, I think, positive regression still coming. Now, the efficiency, as you mentioned, may come down, but even if it does, his floor for rushing is absolutely phenomenal, and I think that's going to be just fine. He scored five rushing touchdowns last year, but he led the NFL with 36 um, uh, 36 rushing TDs, uh, overall total TDs, I should say, excuse me, um, last year, which is fa fabulous. So, again, if you're able to get that floor of the rushing, even if he goes for 800 rushing yards, which – I think he should blow out of the water. Plus, he's able to get those touchdowns through the air, even 30. That rushing floor is going to be just fine. And am I worried about the rushing and the injury concern and stuff? Not until it happens uh, because quarterbacks are getting a lot more smart. And one thing I did notice about last year, you mentioned just three broken tackles. Well, a lot of that had to do with there wasn't guys around him often enough to, for him to break a tackle. It's kind of like Alvin Kamara on the running back side, right? Like he rarely takes a big hit because he's slippery. He's fast. He's agile. He has incredible balance. Lamar Jackson does all the same thing. So I agree with you, man. This is a unanimous buy across the board. I'm going to give Lamar Jackson the number one fantasy slot overall. All right, man, let's go to topic number two. We're just going to go down the list here. Topic number two, Lucas, buy or sell. Kyler Murray finishes top three at the quarterback position, top three quarterback position as a sophomore? This one's tough because I think the automatic answer in terms of probability would be no because everyone's going to chalk in Lamar and Mahomes. So there's a, I'm going to say one out of Kyler, Deshaun, Dak, Russ, Josh Allen, one out of five shot he finishes in there, 20%. But in reality, you have to give him the odds of finishing one through three. So there's more opportunity than actually we think. This one's tough. I put Sell. He has the easiest uh, PFF graded QB fantasy schedule coming into this year. So that's a plus, right? My projections, which are not done, but I have that team done. 
330 points. Uh, that was that would have been QB six last season. So that's an automatic like. Am I missing something? Am I too low? Am I too high? Whatever the case may be. And then I went and checked um, PFF, Football Outsiders, Sports Grid, all these projection sites that are known for their projections. And I had 10 rushing attempts given to him above what I have projected. I projected 92, and I, and I see anywhere from 70 to 78. So I'm kind of over-projecting in terms of what we're relying on him to finish in the top three. He could easily pass his way to top three, but personally for me, if he's getting top three, he's going to have to crack that mini Lamar Jackson or the in-between Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson rushing floor that we hope to get. That's why his ADP is so high. We hope that's coming. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that I know I mentioned uh, prior to this first episode on here for people, um, the the Cardinals aspect of the team last year was this team saw a switch when Kenyon Drake came. They switched to what the Cardinals typically run, not where Cl- Cliff Kingsbury runs. And if the splits, um, they won't be on the screen. We'll get them on the screen for next time here. But um, I took Kyler Murray splits for the games in the split, eight games with Kenyon Drake, games out of the split, um, eight games without Kenyon Drake. And what you see is really like not a ton of drops in terms of the overall output, but a ton of drops in terms of the volume stats. So completed passes, we saw a drop of 2.87 passes completed. Completion percentage went up. So that's a good thing, right? That's why you produce better. Interceptions, though, they doubled, meaning that he had to take more shots or something wasn't right clicking on this offense. We don't know. Passing TDs shot up just because they were in better situations. They were like the most efficient running offense in that eight-game stretch. Passing yards went down by 31 passing yards when Kenyon Drake came in. Rushing yards also went down, but yards per carry went up. So we're kind of torn in this in-between of do we project the offense we saw in the last eight games? Do we go back to the air raid because they have DeAndre Hopkins? They have Andy Isabella year two, Akeem Butler year two, year one. He was hurt last year. If Keyshawn Johnson's their sixth receiver, I think they're doing something right considering he played a lot of time last year. And they still have Kenyon Drake back. So when I made my projections, I kind of took a weighted average in terms of how I approach this. And to me, I just can't rank him ahead of Dak, Russ, and honestly, even Deshaun. They're close, but I, I feel like the the odds are better on the sell side. And I'll probably fade the the spike in hype that I think is coming for him this draft season. Again, I agree, man. I've got to sell this one as well, and it has nothing to do with Kyler Murray. I love Kyler Murray. I'm targeting him drafts. If I miss out on uh, my top three running backs, which or quarterbacks, excuse me, we'll get into rankings later on here this month, but my top three are uh, Lamar, Mahomes, and uh, then Dak Prescott. But that four, five, six range with Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun kind of flip-flops. I agree with you. I love Kyler Murray. But unfortunately, I just don't. I mean, top three just seems like too much. I think the consensus for the most part is that Dak Prescott's that guy. I know that some of us think he could have 40 plus touchdowns, um, which I don't necessarily disagree with with all his weapons in Dallas. But uh, Russell Wilson can I mean, if they actually let him throw in Seattle, he could be breaking records. He's an incredibly efficient and a deep ball thrower as well. And Deshaun Watson, with all that speed, I know there's injury concerns all over for Houston. But if those guys actually stayed healthy, Deshaun Watson could straight up be the number one quarterback with what he's got going on. So while I super trust Kyler Murray, I think he's going to have a great floor in his sophomore season. We saw Patrick Mahomes in his sophomore season explode. We saw Lamar Jackson explode in his sophomore season. So that's why we're bringing up Kyler Murray in the top three, let alone the number one. 
Could I see him doing it? Absolutely. The integration of Nuke Hopkins obviously helps. Last year, he was over 3,700 yards already as a rookie. So just about 250 yards off of 4,000, which is incredible. The issue that you brought up, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later with another uh, buy or sell, but that 20 interceptions to 12, uh, sorry, 20 passing touchdowns to 12 interceptions is a concern for me. 500 plus rushing yard floors, a rookie and four touchdowns. Great floor. If he doubles that, now we're talking top. But again, I'm just not sure it's going to work out. And I do believe that Kenyon Drake is the truth. And, you know, Benjamin coming in from Arizona State is uh, going to get some work. Chase Edmonds had a four touchdown game for the Cardinals last year before uh, Kenyon Drake came in. So I agree with you, man. I think the Cardinals are going to be great. I'm not sure it's going to be as air raid all the time as people think and want to happen. Could they do that? Absolutely. Their defense is probably still going to be struggling quite a bit, so they're going to have to chuck it. Um, but overall, number three in fantasy with Russell there uh, and Deshaun Watson while everybody's healthy and Dak Prescott, I just don't think, unfortunately, there's enough room for him there. So I'm also going to sell, although top five for Kyler Murray, I think is almost a lock yeah. if everybody stays healthy. I get it there. And and that's the problem with this question is that, I mean, for people on Landry that don't know, is we, at least me, I like to fade unknown probability uh, areas, if that makes sense. And you'll learn as we go through teams that we kind of fade due to the stats don't line up, but the situation and the, the concept of the team lines up. And in most cases, not all cases, you're better off fading if you play in a lot of leagues like us. Obviously, if you have one league, you kind of have to take some risk to win it. But if you play in 10 leagues, you're better off fading, 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 fading for 10 because you'll probably win seven out of the 10 and only lose three. So I think, yeah, if could it hit? Absolutely. We saw when the Rams came in, Sean McVay turned this new offense, which surprisingly is just a high school offense, nothing too impressive, <laughs> but it worked. They went to the Super Bowl. Or I don't know if it was the first year or whatever. They were good for a while. Then teams kind of figured it out and they just kind of fell apart a little bit. But now the Cardinals – they could run this area that no one else runs. That they, The Cardinals straight up hid plays in preseason because their offense was that good when they ran the air raid. They just had things fall wrong with injuries and running back issues and O-line issues. So take with what you will. I would just say the probability favors the opposite side. Totally agree. Let's move on here. Number three, buy or sell. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, finishes top five. This one, This is one of those ones where I – I have to go with – I'm going to go by because I think there's a good – I think there's a higher probability side that this plays right um, in terms of taking a long shot versus the Kyler Murray situation. So just say what you want about Josh Allen. Yes, he was not that good last year in accuracy perspectives, but he was a great leader on the team, a great quarterback. Yes, he fell apart in the playoffs. He's so just an experience. But he did see huge improvements from year one to year two. So can we automatically project huge improvements from year two to year three? No, but the Bills set up these improvements perfectly for him. They set up everything he needs. Now it just relies on him. They were not, uh, Josh Allen was ninth in, the, ninth in deep attempts, which is uh, passive, uh, 20 yards or more, but he was 33rd in deep comp- completion percentage. He was worse than your starting quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> now they come – and they bring in Stephon Diggs. Arguably, I would say probably the best deep ball, maybe out of my, Mike Evans, but that's kind of two different deep ball aspects. Efficiency-wise. Yeah. yeah. By efficiency, all of Stephon Diggs' touchdowns were deep passing touchdowns last year. And the Vikings aren't a team that takes a lot of shots. Diggs is just that good. 
in terms of how he can maneuver and create these opportunities. So instantly when when this trade happened, I know we did like a free agency recap or something. I was confused because I was like, that doesn't make any sense how they're going to insert digs and it's going to fix Allen, stuff like that. And they kind of build on me. I guess what I'm saying is I'm fading digs. I just fade digs in fantasy. We'll get into a different conversation with that one. Mm-hmm. But I think this provides the the clarity for the percentage chance of him finishing top five actually is greater than what we think. So that's why I'm buying. So that being wow. said, you're taking a risk. But is it really a risk with Josh Allen this year, considering if he doesn't improve, he's still a top eight quarterback with huge rushing floor. The best goal line back on the team. We love Zach Moss, but he's the best goal line back on the team. He was last year, was the year before that. Frank Gore was there too. And I mean, Frank Gore is a good goal line back. So I'm going to buy this one. That being said, I'm not taking him or ranking him as my QB five because I have to be a little realistic about it. But if if that deep, I don't know how it's going to get fixed. If he can fix this deep attempt scare he has, I, I think the league needs to watch out. And there's a lot of MVP bets going for him right around. I think it was like plus 7,000 when it opened up and wow. a lot of bigger names. Evan Silva's all over it, guys like that. That What that means is there is the opportunity for this team to be a Super Bowl contender, for him to click to him, for him to be the next Mahomes, Lamar. So I'm going to oh, buy this one. I love it, man. I you, Man, now you're making me uh, second guess my uh... – <laughs> My stance here, I originally had put a sell, but this is definitely one where I was kind of back and forth. You know, I'm going to I'm going to go with sell. I'm going to go with sell and disagree with you here. But again, this is right on the line for me. Last year, Josh Allen finishes the QB six overall, which is obviously right outside the top five. But he was QB 11 in fantasy points per game. This is this is where I dissect a little bit deeper. And we, Lucas, you and I always encourage our listeners and followers to dive deeper into the surface. Now you can look up, I mean, on any number of websites, the QB finish, overall passing yards, overall rushing yards, touchdowns, whatever. You can get that snapshot from any player anytime and just say, oh, well, that was a hell of a season, QB six. Wow, that's quite impressive. But then I think, okay, QB 11 on fantasy points per game. Hmm. That tells me that A, he was not consistent and B, he had big games and, 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 and less games, right? Or, uh, you know, lower efficiency games. The problem is there are seven of the 10 quarterbacks that finished higher than Josh Allen in fantasy points per game last year did not play a full 16 games. I'll read that again. Seven of the 10 quarterbacks that finished higher than Josh Allen last year in fantasy points per game did not play a full 16 games. Okay, that's why he's lower in fantasy points per game. And overall, he finishes the QB six, which looks sexy. But if everybody were to play a full season, you're looking at a back end QB one, not a borderline top five quarterback. I think that's a huge difference in this particular conversation. Now, what is nice about Josh Allen is that you're able to get him right now in about the eighth, ninth round, maybe later if people fade quarterbacks. Now, with that kind of value, man, you're going to have three or four running backs, three or four quarterbacks. Uh, or excuse me, wide receivers, maybe your tight end already. So if you're stacked everywhere else and you want to take Josh Allen in the eighth, ninth, 10th round, I think that's a go for it every single time because of the floor, because of the potential ceiling. But if I'm still rounding out my team, I'm not going to reach for Josh Allen because he has the rushing floor and the upside because of Stefan Diggs, as you mentioned, but to piggyback on a couple of your stats already as well. Josh Allen was 38th in completion percentage last year. Again, 32 quarterbacks a week play football, less than that when there's bye weeks. He was 38th, 38th in completion percentage, 23rd in passing yards, and 22nd in passing touchdowns. 
Okay, so not very efficient and impressive through the air. But of course, he did lead all quarterbacks with nine rushing scores. And he was third in QB rushing yards and second in QB rushing attempts. So great floor with that rushing ability. We all know that rushing quarterbacks are kind of a cheat code. The perfect example that we might even get again this year in New England is Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Right. Cam Newton for years has been a dominant fantasy force. If you took his rushing ability off the page and you looked at his passing stats outside of his rookie year when he went for 4,000 plus yards, you're looking at 3,500, 3,200 passing yards. Not terrible, but that's not going to carry you in fantasy to a top five performance. You have to have that rushing floor. Love the rushing floor for Josh Allen. Unfortunately, we do have Zach Moss. We do have Devin Singletary, who I think is getting kicked to the curb now that Zach Moss is there, but he's going to be there as well. I think there's going to be less rushing attempts from Josh Allen because they just frankly don't need him as often in the goal line. And also last year, a great stat that I saw was that five of Josh Allen's nine rushing touchdowns came immediately after my man, Hall of Famer, Frank Gore, could not score, right? So inside the five-yard line on the goal line, Frank Gore could not get it done because he's 36 years old. Josh Allen gave it a, a go instead and got that touchdown. But if Frank Gore converted those touchdowns, all of a sudden Josh Allen's nowhere close to the top 10 in fantasy football. So I want to be careful with that uh, a little bit. Now I do love Stephon Diggs coming over. Um, but again, Josh Allen was the worst rated downfield passer. He was seventh in dot though, right? So that's average depth of target. He was ahead of Deshaun Watson, ahead of Aaron Rodgers, ahead of Patrick Mahomes, actually with average depth of target. 14th in air yards attempted, 9th in deep pass attempts, and 7th in deep passer rating. So that's excellent. Stephon Diggs on the wide receiver side of ADOT was the 7th best quarter uh, wide receiver with um, his ADOT percentages. So this could be a match made in heaven with a huge arm and a deep threat quarter, uh, wide receiver. He's also got John Brown, of course, and Cole Beasley, who I think is quite the sleeper in his own right, Devin Singletary, and uh, just Dawson Knox at tight end who could get an upgrade there. So This is a tough one. Could I see him be in top five? Sure. I mean, if he gets another almost double-digit touchdowns on the ground and he gets up to maybe 30 passing scores and he gets close to, you know, 800, 900 rushing yards, I absolutely could see him be in top five. Do I think all that happens this year? I don't because I think that, as you mentioned, the Bills have created a better overall team around him. They have an incredible defense. They have a great rushing game. He's not going to have to put the game on his shoulders. And I think we saw, unfortunately, last year in that playoff game against the Texans when Josh Allen had to put the game on his shoulders, he buckled under pressure a little bit. He's an incredible athlete. He can make that rushing score. He can make that deep pass. But I think he's still kind of young and immature as an NFL quarterback. For one more season, I just don't see him putting the team on his back yet and carrying that I think maybe Kyler Murray could even do this year. I don't see Josh Allen doing it. So Josh Allen finishing top five, I'm going to sell. I hear you, and I'm rooting for the guy, and I probably will get him in a handful of drafts because I think he's going to be a stud. But I am going to fade and sell Josh Allen top five. All right, man, let's do one more, and we'll take a brief commercial break. Buy or sell the old guys, all right? So kind of generically buy or sell Tom Brady, who, by the way, Today, we are recording this. Tom Brady is celebrating his 43rd birthday. Happy birthday to my man, TB12, down there in Tampa Bay. 
I know Lucas is very exciting about uh, Rob Gronkowski and the rest of the Buccaneers here. Shouts out to our boy Chris Benavides and the rest of the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast crew. We'll be having him on the, the program here on Wednesday. We're very excited about that. Big time New England fan up there in Boston, Massachusetts. Today is Tom Brady's birthday. Let's talk about the old guys, man. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and Aaron Rodgers. There's a couple other ones that we didn't put on this list, but there's Big Ben Roethlisberger. There's Philip Rivers now in a new home in Indy. Lucas, in general, buy or sell for your fantasy team as your starting quarterback in single quarterback leagues. Buy or sell the old guys. Mm. When it my my motto when it comes to this is if the ADP starts to slide for these guys, there's always value that comes with it. That being said, I hesitated because I still see value in the top guys as of now, so I'm still kind of drawn um at like in an absolute answer yes or no. But that being said, there is some guys that I really like in this list. Drew Brees is the ultimate pick in every single league, I think, right now. I'm not for sure his current ADP. But I know I've been getting him in single quarterback leagues in the sixth to seventh round, which to me is a steal. Last year, when everything seemed like Drew Brees sucked for some reason, everyone thought he wasn't good. He posted his, uh, he tied his high in uh, yards per attempt, TD percentage, and I think completion percentage as well. So he was still yeah. as elite last year. He obviously got hurt, but in eight out of the 10 games he played, he finished as a weekly quarterback one. Eight out of the 10, with uh, one of them being like .0. No, sorry, 0.3 points off, and the other is kind of a dud game. I don't remember who they played exactly. So that being said, he's still super safe. The team could, however, switch to maybe more of a, I don't want to say run-focused attack, but I think more of a um, win-focused attack, if that makes sense. Obviously, they're trying to win, but I think that they're going to manage the clock a little more, try and sort of grind out these wins more so than in the past because they do know this is Breeze last year. He admittedly came out of retirement. They have Taysom Hill. They have two amazing running backs. They have Michael Thomas, now the man, Emmanuel Sanders up there, uh, Jared Cook, and then now Adam Trout. They have the weapons to go for a Super Bowl run, so there's no need to push it. I know Sean Payton's a good coach like that, but that being said, Breeze is sitting right around my QB 8-9, and he's being drafted right around the QB 8-9. Usually what that means is if you trust your rankings, you're right on spot with where he should be, and he's a good pick. Moving on to Brady. I... I see value in where he's at, but he's being picked right around Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, earlier than Big Ben to where I, I'm i going to say sell. I think there's just a lot of risk that could go with this team. He was a QB1 in 38% of his games. The QB2 games were close to QB1 last year. They were just kind of on the border of, was he a good start? Was he not? Could I have streamed someone? Comes into a new team. Literally zero continuity in terms of anything going on with this team. They have a wide receiver three issue, which is not an issue, but in terms of an overall scheme for the offense, it is three tight ends, three, four running backs figuring this thing out. The schedule is rough to start a little bit, so I think I would probably just fade him in general to probably just a baseline, but I do think he'll be an okay uh, QB2 in a super flex league. And then Matt Ryan, I mean, if he's going to keep his pattern that he keeps every other year, he's going to be the QB2 this year. And I don't even like want to break down his stats. The, the, the two things that I come down with are if they want to compete, they're going to have to score points to keep up with the Panthers, Saints, and Bucks. And I have them projected for 722 passing attempts right now. That's the only Ooh. thing. Ooh. Yeah, it's – and I'm not like <laughs> – that is extreme, know. by the way, folks. If you're if you're new yeah. to uh, football for some reason, <laughs> seven hundred yeah, plus attempts would be extreme. 
It's a lot. And like, I, I, I mean, knowing me, why not? People, like, why not? I know I go, I go back and look like, how can I fix this? And there's just not a way I can see Todd Gurley getting anywhere close to what he's got in the last two years. Primarily one, because he's going to get injured too, because they said he, they didn't even know if he was healthy when they signed him and they don't have a backup running back and they have to score points to keep up. So Ryan is definitely a shot in the dark throw, but he's definitely one at the ADP where you can take him and take Minshew or Tannehill or I don't care, Brady. It doesn't even matter. You can take two quarterbacks in this range and be fine. So the the answer to the main question is buy when the ADPs fall. That being said, inside the question, Breeze is my favorite and Ryan's probably my second favorite. Got it. All right, man. You said you weren't going to break down Matt Ryan's stats. I'm here to have your back, of course. Let me go ahead and do that. So basically what Lucas was saying was, for some reason, on even seasons, dating back, I mean, most of his career, but let's just take 2014, 16, 18, and then maybe this year, and of course, 15, 17, 19 in between that. Since 2014, Matt Ryan's even seasons have had him as a top 10 quarterback at least. And again, 2016 MVP, QB2. He was also a top five quarterback another time, QB7 as well. On the odd seasons, for some reason, he plummets. Not quite sure why. Julio Jones has been healthy for prim- you know most of that time. Uh, Devonta Freeman was uh, the overall number one running back just a few years ago as well. But for some reason, on odd seasons, Matt Ryan – falls a little bit in even seasons he's an absolute stud i'll quickly do this 2014 4700 yards 28 touchdowns 2015 4500 yards and 21 touchdowns 2016 5000 yards well 4900 but just on the brink of 5000 38 touchdowns just seven picks that was his mvp season 2017 4000 yards just over 4000 yards 20 interceptions so basically Kyler Murray's season last year, 20, intercept, uh, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. 2018, almost 5,000 yards again, 35 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Last year, 4,400 yards, 26 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. And this year, he could potentially, again, be up around 5,000, over 30 touchdowns, and less than double-digit interceptions. If that happens, he's – probably going to be a top five quarterback again. And Matt Ryan, in my opinion, is the top, you know, if I look at my rankings real quick, I'll just give you all a sneak peek. But again, we're going to go through our rankings uh, next week. If I go through that, I have Matt Ryan at seven, Drew Brees at eight, Tom Brady at 10, Aaron Rodgers at 12. Quickly bouncing through everybody. I love Matt Ryan. I think Julio Jones, again, he's, you know, Tay Adams and Julio Jones are neck and neck for my favorite receivers in the NFL. I think he's going to be just fine. Calvin Ridley could potentially be that next, you know, uh, you know, this year's Chris Godwin, if you will, who finished two overall in fantasy. He's a beast. They bring in Hayden Hurst to fill in for Austin Hooper. And some would argue Hayden Hurst is actually a better athlete than Austin Hooper. They bring in Todd Gurley, who I know that fantasy circles have totally kicked to the curb lately because he's old and arthritis and blah, blah, blah. Well, newsflash, he had arthritis at college as well. Now, it is a mystery as to how he disappeared in the Super Bowl and whatever. The reality is I think he was mentally stunted during that time. And Chris Benavides, again, we'll have him on Wednesday. We'll ask him about it maybe again. But it was interesting. He brought up a fact that he thought he was maybe just like mentally not strong enough to persevere through that because he was hearing the critics. Well, the reality is uh, before Christian McCaffrey took over last year and and, uh, the year before that was Saquon, Todd Gurley was easily the number one running back in the league for two years in a row. So 
I think that the weapons are a plenty. I love hearing 700 pass attempts from you, Lucas. You're totally right, man. And they did kind of upgrade on the defensive side, but they have not been able to stay healthy the last two seasons. If they don't do that again, they're going to be hurting. They're going to throw. And just as you said, they're going to have to keep up with these other juggernaut offenses. Don't I mean, the Panthers might give up 35 points a game, but they're probably going to score 42 a game, all right? Yeah. And Brady and the Bucks are going to do the same thing. We know what the Saints are capable of doing. The pa- the Panther, excuse me, the Falcons are going to have to run and gun it constantly. So I love me some Matt Ryan. Quickly with Drew Brees, love Drew Brees, been a fan for a very very long time. I think he's just fine. Let's not forget that he's got two of the better running backs in the league. Latavius Murray would be a starting running back probably on half of the NFL teams if he wasn't on the Saints. He's going to be just fine and fire out my boy AK41 for sure. Alvin Kamara beast in always. Matt, um, and then uh, Tom Brady, of course, again, he'll be just fine with all of his weapons, arguably the best weapons of his entire career. He gets his boy Gronk back, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, let's not forget about him, great running backs, LaShawn McCoy out of nowhere, who's going to be good for four or five catches a game, potentially great weapon there, and a better defense. Also, Aaron Rodgers, again, man, I mean, Devin Funches opting out for COVID, which we're going to continue to see, is definitely not good, but... Aaron Rodgers is pretty incredible last few years without Devin Funches. So my boy Tay Adams, I think, or on this side rather, Tay Adams is going to have, you know, probably 200 targets this year. He's going to be just fine. Um, I think that we're going to see those younger receivers again step up. Alan Lazard is going to be a nice pickup there. Uh, Jay Sternberger could have another run. And, of course, we saw last year the second running back um, overall was Aaron Jones. So he'll be just fine, Jamal Williams and they bring in the rookie AJ Dillon. A lot of weapons in Green Bay, and there's some there's some guys in the league. You know, we saw in the uh, the documentary with Michael Jordan. Some guys, Tom Brady, of course, his whole career because of getting drafted late. Aaron Rodgers getting drafted late, not over Alex Smith, as 49er fans know so well. He played with a chip on his shoulder for so long, being behind Brett Favre and all this stuff. Aaron Rodgers is pissed. I'm not gonna lie. And now it's like the Green Bay Packers don't want him. Right. They bring they draft a quarterback right off the bat. They are a run first team. Aaron Rodgers is washed. He's old. Blah, blah, blah. I would not be surprised, man, if Aaron Rodgers puts the team on his back this year and does his absolute best to prove everybody wrong. Will he do it? You know, we're not sure yet. Could he do it? 100 percent. So I like all these guys. But if I had to pick one guy to run my team on fantasy, I'm probably going to go with Matt Ryan. Uh, just because I think that the floor is steady. He's in an even season, which for some reason that's a thing. And the ceiling for the Falcons is through the roof. Tom Brady too, but I just don't know that he's going to be you know, throwing up 5,000 yards a game like Jameis did. I, I can see Matt Ryan doing it. So for all these guys, I'm going to go with – Let's. I'm going to buy them all more or less, but in the order, I think I would go with uh, with Matt Ryan overall on my fantasy team. All right, man, before we get into the next four here – I just want to quickly, again, this is our first time on the Landry Football Network, so I just want to, again, thank the team here, uh, Chris Landry, but everybody else for having us. The team has been incredible, welcoming us in, getting us settled, and we are able to bring over the TCK brand here to the Landry Football Network, so shouts out to everybody there. And I want to encourage our TCK potters listening on our platforms, come and see us on Twitch. We're at twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. Just search the TCK pod, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. You could check us out Monday through Thursday, 5 to 6 Central Time. That's 6 to 7 Eastern. Of course, I'm on the Pacific side too, so it's 3 to 4 Pacific. We're here every day, four days a week, Monday through Thursday. Check us out, and you can catch all of the networks. 
There is a ton of channels, high school, college, NFL proper, and of course, we are the Fantasy Football Channel. You can check it out at LandryFootball.com. Landry, L-A-N-D-R-Y, football.com. Make sure you check us out. Search, of course, for the TCK Pod, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast everywhere, but you can also check out all the other fantastic networks. All right, Lucas, let's get in. We got four more, man. Let's crush the rest of these out. Fifth one on the board, buy or sell, rookie. Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Not-So-Bungles finishes top 12 as a rookie. Top 12 as a rookie. Buy or sell? I was optimistic about this one um, coming into really, I guess, the last couple of weeks. So I'm selling this one. Mm. And really, it just comes down to the Bengals are still bad. Like, they're still not a good team in general. And I know know you can make the narrative that uh, negative game script will help uh, negative game script equals fantasy points. Yes, but in some cases, there's still a certain extent where where that has to happen. So he comes out with a tough schedule based on 2020 win total. So that's not a fantasy schedule, but that's showing that it's just, it's just going to be a hard schedule for him, anyways. The O line is bad. Like it sucks. It's it's the one thing I don't like is when people project this O line to be better because a player Jonah Williams that's never played a snap in the NFL is kind of coming back i mean he's coming back but like who knows if he's actually fully healthy so i can't assume the o-line is better the highest pff grade in terms of like the o-line was 21 player was 24th in their respective position that was center that was the least depth player or least depth position in the nfl so there's no there's no benchmark of this team and the next guy you'll you'll I can kind of give an example. It's Daniel Jones. The next guy, he, he at least has two pieces of his own line, potentially two and a half to rely on. Joe Burrow has nothing. They didn't add any old lineman worth note in the draft, which I was hoping they were going to get someone on the day two, that, that early pick, which they got T. Higgins. So that being said, bad O-line, no protection for a rookie quarterback. The schedule is tough. Keep in mind they have to go against the Steelers twice, the Ravens twice. The Browns defense is good enough to cause some havoc if Miles Garrett's back too. I don't know the rest of the schedule, but there's all, still going to be some big names in there all as well. Out, all outdoor stadiums, too, not to cut you off, but that matters when we get to the winter. Those are going to be brutal games, man, all outdoor stadiums. He's used to playing mm-hmm. in the bayou down there, nice and nice hot weather down there in Louisiana. Not so much in the East yeah. Coast. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's another point, too, as well. The lack of continuity, I think this is a big thing um, this year. He has no experience with any of these guys. The guy you could say he maybe has experience with is T. Higgins, who he played against uh, twice, once in college. So there's just no really good connection we can make on this team. And I think the one thing I, I sit on this point is if everyone's projecting Joe Burrow to be this great fantasy quarterback, he's such a good value, the ceiling is high, then why aren't Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green – T. Higgins, C.J. Uzoma being drafted high. Like you have, you have to connect the dots in the narrative somewhere, and that's not the case. Tyler Boyd, I love Tyler Boyd in fantasy. Not a good receiver to be the number one on your team. Like uh, a good example would be Emmanuel Sanders. You saw with the Broncos' offense. Like he was not a number one receiver, and that same thing goes. Boyd's a good receiver. If Joe Burrow has to be good, A.J. Green has to be good. No one likes A.J. Green this year. I'm not taking T. Higgins to put up. Well, relative to like his ADP, I guess, I but like in general, like the the mindset is like he's, he's why would you draft him? T. Higgins isn't coming in here and dominating. He was he wasn't dominant in college. He was good. He's going to be a good NFL receiver, but he's not going to move the needle. And come on, C.J. Zoma's not moving the needle here. 
So that being said, it's just points and negative in every which way for this team. The defense got better, which they're still not that great, but if they got better, that would mean that, I don't know, maybe they're getting the ball back to Joe Burrow more, I guess, but I still just think that they're not, they're not that good. So I'm just fading the team in general. That being said, Joe Burrow is still a fantastic quarterback, probably one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. Um, so on paper, yeah. he's literally the greatest of all time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 65 but, total touchdowns last year, 60 passing FBS record and five rushing. Unbelievable. Best completion percentage. Second best completion percentage is 1956. Yeah. So I think all the reasons, but I think the main thing is if Joe Burrow has to be good and you take him high, then you have to take AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. So you have to project them to be good as well. Because he has to throw the ball to somewhere, and that's not the case in fantasy right now. So, uh, e- e- pretty easy fade for me. Okay, I uh, this was another very very tough one. Now because the bar is set at QB twelve, and we just listed all of the old guys who could be top twelve by themselves, plus all the high upside quarterbacks that we had at the top of the episode. That doesn't leave room for Joe Burrow. So for this argument, I'm going to say sell as well. But what makes me excited about Joe Burrow long-term and obviously in dynasty, but even maybe a glimpse of this year in the back half, if we actually get somewhat of a real season here and his weapons stay healthy and don't opt out or get sick with COVID, there's some real light at the end of the tunnel here. I'm going to, you just broke down all of his stats. You broke down his teammates. And I think everyone's familiar with that. What I focus on here is the coaching staff, Zach Taylor, the head coach, Brian Callahan is offensive coordinator. Zach Taylor, let's throw out last year because the Bengals were a train wreck, so we'll get rid of that. 2018, Zach Taylor helped guide Jared Goff to career highs in every major passing category for the Rams. Before that, he worked with Ryan Tannehill, who, believe it or not, was absolutely incredibly efficient. With the Dolphins, Tannehill's 15,460 passing yards are the first in his first four seasons are the third most all-time among quarterbacks in NFL history behind only Peyton Manning. Uh, 98 to 2001, and Dan Marino, 83 to 86. All right, so Brian Tannehill has what it takes. He was the most efficient quarterback last year, so obviously that could work out there. Also, Brian Callahan worked with Derek Carr, who was talked about as a MVP candidate uh, for quite a while, and they also worked with Matt Stafford in some of his best seasons there with the Lions. He also worked with your Broncos with Peyton Manning, who was set a single-season record for touchdown passes with 55, and he also had an NFL record 606 points racked up with a ridiculous 500 or excuse me 457 point uh, yards per game, second most all-time in NFL history. So again, top 12 this year because it's the COVID season and because things are so funky with the camaraderie that he's going to be able to have. I will sell this, but man. If you're in a two QB league or you just want a backup quarterback just in case, I'm going Joe Burrow all day because in home leagues and in single quarterback leagues, especially Joe Burrow's maybe not even drafted. If he's drafted, he's going to be in the 12th, 15th round. You grab him as your last pick. Two years ago, I picked Baker Mayfield in the last pick of my draft everywhere. And I picked Lamar Jackson in the last pick of my draft everywhere just because to see what happens. Obviously, you could take that flyer and see see how it goes. Joe Burrow would be that guy for me. Um, and obviously, the top rookie quarterback this season because of Tua's situation. Um, and my boy, Justin Herbert, I think is going to be phenomenal with the Chargers eventually, but he's not going to get it right off the bat with Tyrod Taylor. So I'm going to sell, but long-term, I'm going to take Joe Burrow, and I might even take a swing on him late in drafts. 
All right, man, we've got three more to crush out real fast. Let's maybe get uh, maybe like a two-minute version on these guys. We've talked a lot about Daniel Jones already. Please, Lucas, send people to our draft guide to find out what you did with the Giants in particular. Let's go real quick here. Buy or sell, Daniel Jones finishes top 12. Yeah, so on the draft guide, there is a write-up about the 9 million splits this team had last year because no one knows how to evaluate them. What I did is I found the plus minus or the average differential from, I'll use Golden Tate in this example, Golden Tate's overall points per game plus minus from each uh, with Manning, without Manning, with Jones, without Jones, with Shepard, without Shepard, et cetera. And then I took the average of that to show who was the the least, uh, who had the least range of outcomes, which would be you want a small range of outcomes to show who's good in different situations. If you go on the draft guide or on Twitter, my, it's on the screen. I can explain a little better. But Daniel Jones, this one is another one where I just can't do it because I think people are pro- projecting outside of realistic expectations. Um, and so last year he saw a huge chunk of his points. I didn't even take the percentage in four games, Tampa Bay, Detroit, Washington, and the jets. This was terrible defense, terrible defense, terrible defense in Tampa Bay before they clicked in those splits they're not on the screen, but I'll get them on the screen eventually here. Every single thing was green in terms of much better, except for rushing yards. And they were big time, 123 more passing yards, four more pass attempts, 6% completion jump. And I'm trying to find the touchdowns here. The touchdowns were 2.2 more. And now he faces the toughest schedule for quarterbacks and win totals projected. So I just got to fade. I think people are going to – this is the one I think people are going to burn on. kind of reminds me of Baker last year. Just kind of the – it's not there yet, and they're overprojecting based on what the yeah. team actually is. And I think the Giants are just kind of like the Broncos. They need one more year to fully take this offensive jump. And I hear you there. I'm also going to sell this. And again, just like I said with Joe Burrow, there's a plethora of weapons overall, but Saquon, Saquon, right? Uh, and now uh, Daniel Jones kind of quietly had a wonderful rushing season as well. But again, the inconsistency, the turnovers, that's going to be a problem. I think all that gets better just because he's growing. It's a sophomore season. He'll be better in all those categories. But top 12, unless he runs a lot more, I just don't see it happening this year. And for me, it comes down to schedule that you just mentioned. You and I put a little bit more weight in general into fantasy schedules than a lot of people. And I know I'm just not going to get into it because we don't have time on this episode, but a lot of people kind of rouse us for what goes on in these in, with the schedules and stuff. I'm just going to throw this out there. He faces Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, the Chicago Bears, and the 49ers to start the season. Okay. Three of the best defenses in the NFL for fantasy and NFL purposes. I might pick up Josh Allen or Josh Allen, excuse me, Daniel Jones. I might pick up Daniel Jones in week five, six, seven, eight. If I need a streaming quarterback and he's doing well, no problem. Am I going to draft him at that position? Absolutely not. Cause I don't want to deal with that. Cause I'm not going to be happy with those particular games. Therefore, I think that stunts his first quarter of the season and he's going to have to play catch up after that. I just don't see it happening. I'm going to sell Daniel Jones finishing top 12. All right, man, let's get into it here. Two more buy or sell. Garner Minshew has the most fantasy points in the AFC South among quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill, we have Phillip Rivers, and we have Deshaun Watson. Buy or sell, Garner Minshew has the most fantasy points among quarterbacks in the AFC South. I really like this one, but he's not touching Watson. and That's the only spot uh, I can I cannot move him ahead of. I like Tannehill, but I think Minshew can out-edge him. Due to what we saw last year, negative this this negative game script will help, 
because this team does not care about their record. Yes, they obviously care, but they're trying, they're rebuilding. They made that obvious. So they don't care if they don't win every game, if they have close games. They just want to build for the future. Minshew is not their future quarterback. I'm sorry, guys, unless this team gets good. But that being said, he's a great value this year. I just Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, as much as people think, is like the the scheme of this offense. He's not. Yes, he's a fantastic receiver. But I think this makeshift, um, I don't want to pay receivers, and then now has the most contract money tied to receivers, Bill O'Brien receiving attack. I think it's going to work. I think Fuller, Cooks, you have Randall Cobb down the middle. You still have David Johnson. Like It's super unconventional, but Deshaun Watson's a baller. He's going to get it done. Um, so buy Watson in general, but I think Minshew just – that's such a high ceiling to reach. That's like QB seven at the worst. I just don't think that's going to happen uh, for Watson to slip farther than that. I'm with you, dude. I'm going to sell it as well because of Deshaun Watson. But again, if his weapons get hurt again, he could just he could plummet. But he does have the rushing floor and everything else. We've seen him basically carry the franchise outside of uh, New Hopkins for years. I'm going to sell also because of Deshaun Watson. But I think he outpaces Tannehill and Rivers for sure. Something interesting about Minshew, though, I could see him being the best sleeper quarterback getting drafted in the later rounds. Last year, when you compare him and Kyler Murray, both rookie seasons, of course, right? Minshew played two less games than Kyler Murray, had a better QB rating, 91 to 87. He had uh, 500 less passing yards, but again, missed two games. So an average of, what, 300 passing yards a game? He would have passed up Kyler Murray. He already had one more touchdown in two less games. He had six less interceptions in two less games. He also had 200 less rushing yards, but again, could have made up for maybe at least another 100 over those two games. Love that. A big stunt last year was at Gardner Minshew and Leonard Fournette, as we all know, with only three rushing touchdowns. Gardner Minshew did not have any rushing scores. Kyler Murray had four. So if you give them the same amount of passing touchdowns, which they had last year, basically the same amount of uh, passing yards, and then you equal out their run, their rushing abilities, honestly, I mean, I don't think anybody would argue that the Jaguars have equal or better weapons all around him that the Cardinals do. But as an individual, man, if Gardner Minshew could be Kyler Murray from last year, he's the QB7. I think you just said it. It's the ceiling. But I do think Deshaun Watson's probably in that top – Five, six, seven is himself. So, it, you know, the absolute ceiling for Gardner Minshew is QB7. I think the floor for Deshaun Watson is QB7. Therefore, I'm also going to sell. All right, man. The last one as we roll out of here is <laughs> this is kind of just a homer pick for you and I. Clearly, you're the Broncos guy. I am the 49er guy here. I love my boy Tay Adams. I'm going to go with my boy uh, um, Frank Gore, of course, legend Frankie G, who will lead the Jets in uh, rushing touchdowns this year over Lev Bell. You can mark that down. But this is kind of a homer pick for us. Just really quick, man. Buy or sell Drew Locke or Jimmy Garoppolo? Let me set the scene for you. Drew Locke coming into a second season. Only played four, about five games last year. But holy smokes, did the Broncos give him some weapons in the draft. I'll let you run through that. Now, on my side, the 49er side, Jimmy Garoppolo is five-yard overthrow from your boy E-Money Sanders away from beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That way, Raheem Mostert gets paid, Damian Williams does not, and the rest is history. Buy or sell, Drew Locke is your late-round quarterback or Jimmy Garoppolo? When you overproject realistic expectations, you get – 
you you get you your return is under what you expect. What I mean is, don't take Drew Lock in this scenario. Come on, like as a Broncos fan, that has to mean something. That like I don't say I say did not take Drew Lock. He was okay last year, yeah, sure. But Joe Flacco literally was better last year in the games he played. People just like that cool dance move rapping, which I I do like for the team in general, but it's just not happening. Jawan James is opting out of the season. Didn't really play that much last year, but now we have to figure out another offensive line spot when we thought we had to figure it out. And Jimmy G, he he actually had like everyone's like Dak has receivers had the most drop drops. Jimmy G's pass catchers receivers had the most drops last year. Now you have positive TD regression for George Kittle. I think Debo in a weird way is almost going to help Jimmy G and off the mm. offense or in fantasy just because they're going to have to use Jalen Hurd, Brandon Ayuk in real receiver roles. So I think just take Jimmy G and don't. Don't make it complicated. Man, I like it. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest, dude. Even as the house 49er guy, uh, I've been pretty vocal on our podcast for the Candlestick Kids for for the folks who've been listening to us for a while. I think Nick Mullins is just as good as Jimmy Garoppolo, to be honest. Most people don't even know who that is, but I think he's just as talented. Now, again, this comes down to schedule. If I need – now, this is not going to be my number one quarterback, but if I need a second quarterback, I'm going to lean Jimmy. I know that Debo's hurt. But George Kittle's a beast. They also have Brandon Ayuk, who's basically um, Debo all over again. Uh, they have Jalen Hurd, who nobody knows yet, but is an absolute animal. I think they're going to be just fine with the weapons that they have there. Of course, they run off a of play action. So, you know, defenses are going to creep up, and Jimmy Garoppolo makes his money on play action anyway with that running game there. Nearly 4,000 yards last year. I like that a lot. He does need to have the uh, – interceptions come down from 13 but if he could get up to 30 from 27 passing touchdowns go down to about 10 interceptions and get over 4,000 yards I think he'd be just fine as a QB2 listen to the schedule though Cardinals Jets Giants Eagles Dolphins for the first five games of the season during your fantasy playoffs which I understand you don't draft for fantasy playoffs but it's a perk as your QB2 that's on the bench all season anyway Washington franchise at Dallas Arizona again, right, in your fantasy championship. I love that. Let's go to your boy Drew Locke here, who I have just a few spots lower. Tennessee to start. Don't like that. At Pittsburgh, at Tampa Bay, or excuse me, Tampa Bay at home, at the Jets, at New England. First five games. I don't like any of those matchups. Later in the fantasy playoffs in the second half of the season, Chargers, Saints, at Arrowhead Stadium versus the Chiefs, at Carolina. Probably a terrible defense, but nonetheless, not the best matchup on the road across the country, Buffalo at home, and then at the Chargers with the new revamped offense. I love the offense in general for the Broncos. I love Drew Locke long-term. I am not feeling it for this particular season. So unfortunately, I am going to have to I'm going to have to let that go. Um, so I love it and I'm going to I'm going to sell Drew Locke, I'm going to stick with my Jimmy, my boy Jimmy Garoppolo, although I uh, am not a huge fan as a 49er. I would love to see Nick Mullins again just because he's free and we could probably get something awesome for Jimmy G. Nonetheless, I rest my case. I hope Jimmy G does a great job and the 49ers get over the hump in 2020. Whew. All right, man. That is an awesome, awesome, awesome first episode. So stoked to be on this platform. Lucas, always appreciate you being along for the ride. Shouts out to the Landry football team for having us on. Again, I am your host, Scott Guasco. Lucas Kaser, always in the place here. 
We're going to have some guests on. We'll be bringing them on in the next couple of episodes, next couple of weeks. You'll get familiar with the rest of our team. You can check out the TCK pod side of things at tckpod.com. Go ahead and grab yourself a draft guide. Find us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod. Find us on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. And you can also find us anywhere podcasts or listen to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast and also on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe, leave a comment in the channels there as well. On the Landry football side of things, again, make sure to follow us on Twitch. If you're the TCK Potter, not familiar with the Twitch side, come find us on Twitch. It'll be live every day from 6 to 7 Eastern time. Monday through uh, Thursday. For now, that's twitch.tv slash Football. You can also find us anywhere you listen to your podcast on the Landry Football's conference call, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also find us, of course, on LandryFootball.com. Just search the TCK Networks or Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Episode 236 for the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on our side. Episode 1. The first one on the Landry football side of the networks. We're so blessed to be here. Thanks again to Chris Landry and the rest of the Landry football team for having us up. We're going to be doing this four days a week for the rest of August, and then we'll be jumping in all season long. You know where to find us. Once again, I am Sky Guasco. This is Lucas Kaser. We are the Candlestick Kids, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.